Hello and welcome to another edition of the V Auto Podcast. I'm Brian Finkelmeyer. Today I'll be your host. I'm really excited. We have a special guest today. We've got Mike Stanton, who is the president and CEO of NADA. Mike, welcome to our show. Brian, thanks for having me and great to see you again. Good to see you. So we've got a lot to talk about, Mike, but let's start with just a little background on you. I, I remember it was over 20 years ago, you and I worked together at a regional sales office in Northern Virginia, and then you made your way to NADA to work on their used car guidebook, I remember. And now you've kind of gone from that all the way to to running as the CEO of, of NADA. So could you talk to our view, our listeners a little bit just about your journey uh, at NADA? Sure. Uh, things things seem to be a lot better at Nissan than when we were there 20 years ago, thankfully. You know, times back then were pretty tough for dealers. And I think both of us were fortunate enough to meet some really fantastic uh, franchise dealers. And, and they helped train us. They helped, helped us learn the business. And I just kind of caught the bug going in and out of these dealerships and, and, and learning so much from them. Then I had an opportunity to join this great organization I found that you know the, the the factory way of moving every couple of years, and and I, we had just had our oldest, and it was time to uh, to to you know put down roots here in the D.C. area, which is where I'm from, and NADA allowed me to do that, and, and also stay in the car business, which I I love so much. So I joined in 2000 with the guidebook, and then bumped around a few different jobs and in industry relations, you know, advocating for dealers with with the manufacturers. Eventually, they asked me to run the guide, which I was was blessed to, to be able to do for a number of years. And then we decided to sell that to J.D. Power. I hear things are going very, very well over there. I went along with the sale, but couldn't wait to get back. Came back as COO a couple years ago, and then Peter Welch announced his retirement. I was fortunate enough to be uh, uh, tapped for the job. So, you know, life is good. I love working for dealers. We have a great team at NADA. You know, you never have two days that are that are the same. And it's just uh, it's it's kind of a dream job representing entrepreneurs that that are kind of the, the portrait of the American dream. Yeah. So all good from from my end. Thanks. That, that's great, Mike. I, I agree with you. I think uh, I, I feel like I got the bug as well. And, and one of the joys of working in this industry is it never feels that much like work most days, I guess we should say. So let's talk a little bit about franchise dealers. And I guess it's just been an incredible year for car dealers. Um and, and so much of this has been brought about through the difficulties of the inventory crisis has led to just enormous profitability for car dealers. And quite frankly, OEMs have enjoyed better margins as well as they've spent less money on incentives. And the industry is just operating on a much, much tighter day supply than what we've ever seen in the past 25, 30 years. I mean, do you think that the OEMs are really committed to maintaining a tighter day supply? Clearly, it's going to go up from where we are today. But do you see it going back to 4.1 million new cars in dealer inventory? Well, as you know, we've always been an industry of, of one too many or one too few. Often, most often, it's just way too many. I mean, obviously, it depends on, on the manufacturer and then the mix uh, out there. So and right now, we are, we are way, way too few, as, as we are all, all aware. And, and I'd like to think that we've all learned some lessons. Uh, but as as you know, car companies, they make money as soon as they wholesale that vehicle to dealers. And they've always over forecasted in terms of what they think they're going to sell, which is what reality is. And that's just part of the game that we love so much. 
there's a short-term focus. There's this pressure to hit monthly and quarterly numbers. I mean, you and I lived that, and that's not going to go away. And this is a competitive industry, and it's I think it's part of the reason we we enjoy it so much. So hopefully we'll move you know to less of a push system in the future. But you know we got to remember that we're in business because of the customer, and customers benefit from competition in terms of pricing, vehicle selection, convenience and service and most customers don't want to order a car and wait several months they go to the yeah. dealer because of a pressing need or thankfully a want they they, they want what's what's exciting and new out there uh but the, the dealer makes the deal because they got the right vehicle at the right time and for for the customer and and that's how they win the customer's business so i think we're going to see uh, a return to to uh you know pre-pandemic like I said, hopefully we've got some lessons learned, but uh, I, I just don't think we're going to be able to help ourselves. But we'll, yeah. we'll see. So, so Mike, if before the pandemic, the industry was, this, let's call it 65, 70 day supply, today might be 12 day supply. What What's your forecast in the next two to three years of where you think we land? Well, somewhere in between. I, I think so. I think so. Right. Ideally, we would be somewhere in that 40 45 day day range and and yeah. some manufacturers will will uh will be right at that and others will be aspiring to be be right at that my crystal ball is is not any more clear than than yours i i think that's right mike i think that the new norm is probably somewhere in the middle so you know a couple of weeks ago there was a really interesting report published by morgan stanley that talked about the pressure that the franchise dealer system is going to feel from these new EV startups. So there's just been so much news about, about Rivian and Tesla and Lucid, some of the big names, where they have really adopted this direct-to-consumer model and that that may put some pressure on the franchise dealer system. And, and what's interesting, I was looking this morning, there's 12 states in the country that actually do not allow for that direct-to-consumer uh, sales process. So I wanted to get your perspective on these new EV uh, entrants into the industry, and and where do you see that playing out with the franchise dealer system? Well, it's a good question, and it's one we we get a lot here at NADA. And of course, I'm familiar with the Morgan Stanley report, and you know everyone's entitled to their own opinion, uh, and there are a lot of them out there. Uh, but but there's also a report at the same time from Truist Bank, and and from J.P. Morgan, uh, and Truist is formerly SunTrust. Yeah. And they, they saw a very limited downside risk to dealer growth and, and earnings for the foreseeable future, which is good for your business and, and good for, you know, for, for what we do here at NADA. Uh, you know, I think we can expect that that the traditional OEMs are going to account for the vast majority of the market, uh, hopefully in that 16 to 17 million range in the not too distant future. And we're going to step up and as soon as we get the product the the electric vehicles we will become the dominant player we just haven't had the product to date that that consumers want you know in that compact suv uh crossover segment so and you know dealers are all in when it comes to selling electric vehicles and we're going to be essential absolutely essential when it comes to uh trying to hit these aggressive goals set by the administration and the goals that the manufacturers have set so we're going to be there ready to sell. We're, we're making the investments. Uh, we're going to need to be there to help educate uh, the public as well, because this is it's a very different vehicle uh, in terms of powertrain. But it's not it does not require a different sales process. 
consumers are hungry for information uh, and, and we'll help we'll help provide that, you know, as part of what we do. You know, I guess the point is. There's always going to be a lot of opinions, as as we all know, the dealer obituary has been written time and time again over the last you know several decades. But. You know, competition is a good thing and dealers live to compete and consumers benefit from that. They benefit from dealers competing for their business. They get better service, they get better pricing, and the franchise system is clearly a competitive advantage for our traditional automakers. And we just need to make sure that that we as, as car company and dealer are laser focused on taking care of that customer and not fighting about whose customer it is. We need to work together. We always need to get better. And that happens through dialogue and working with companies like Cox Automotive and other vendors. It's it's really a three legged legged stool, and that has to appear completely. Uh, uh, I guess the word would be uh, efficient, or or you know, for for a customer not to not to even think about it. Many customers don't don't realize that they're going to to Brian's dealership, Brian's Ford store versus versus uh, you know the factory Ford store. So we just need to be seamlessly working together. Yeah, and you know, Mike, I think um, it's really interesting to me when we've seen some just incredible buy-sell activity this year where, you know, Asbury and Lithia and some of these major public uh, auto groups have gone out on major buying sprees, which I think tells me when I see billions of dollars of capital being invested in buying more dealerships that these guys aren't putting a lot of stock in the Morgan Stanley report. I share that view completely. These, as you know, these are very, very smart people. Uh, and they are spending big, big money betting on the future of the franchise system. And, and that makes me feel feel very good in terms of, of our model overall. I mean, it creates some other challenges, but but uh, overall, I think that's a, a, a vote of confidence for for our future. Absolutely. So, you know, when we think, Mike, about some of the core functions that the franchise dealer system provides for consumers that you've talked a lot about, one of which is, you know, this ability to get an appraisal on your trade-in vehicle. And so on that side of the business, you know, it's been interesting to watch Carvana and uh, Vroom, I guess, are two of the big names on this used car side. And, you know, looking at the market caps of these companies is just mind-boggling. Talk a little bit about the pressure you see on that that specific used car piece of the business uh, on on specific to Carvana and these new used car uh, retailers? So, you know, another good question. Uh, I, I think that Carvana and Vroom and, and just the, the overall tightness of inventory out there have, have, it's been a challenge for dealers, but dealers have risen to meet that challenge as they always do. They get creative. I, I visited a, a, uh, a chain of stores just last week and they've got a central department dedicated to buying consumer cars. You know, they're out yeah. there scouring Facebook, eBay, uh, you name it. They are aggressively going after consumer uh, cars and, and trying to put them in in another used car or or a new a new car. And you see now the we buy cars ads everywhere. Yeah, you, know, you see them on on the billboards. You see them, uh, you know, uh, on on advertising. On I've seen them on you know on dealer lots, the big signs. So dealers have adjusted. And, and they're trying to find new new ways to acquire vehicles. I we, we've always talked about you know take a shot at at a vehicle when when it's in a service lane, and, and I saw something really unique is, is that you know the the ticket that hangs in in the rearview mirror actually has a QR code 
that can be scanned by the consumer after they leave the dealership to to get a you know we'll buy your car offer. So dealers are very very creative in in terms of uh, uh, of of acquiring this inventory. So I I think like anything they they have just stepped up their game due to the competition and that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a great idea, Mike. I remember NADA, I think you guys used to publish uh, 20 best ideas of the year, and I hope that that QR code idea makes it in your in your booklet if you still publish that. You know, one question I have um, going back to just the, you know, the, the changes that we've experienced through the pandemic, and one of the things that players like Carvana and Broom bring is a very low friction environment, uh, this digital, this concept of digital retailing. And we at Cox Automotive have seen just enormous adoption of dealers uh, adding digital retailing capabilities to their websites. And I guess, do you see that as, as something that we're really going to move that way? Or, or do you think, Mike, that the vast majority of customers want to go in and kick the tires and, and test drive the car and more of a traditional buying experience? Or do you think that we really are going to start gravitating towards more just these online purchases? Well, I think, first off, we have to be everywhere because customers are different. Uh, Some customers, it's a very small percentage right now, probably less than 5% or in that that want to go soup to nuts online. But we need need to be ready to meet that customer where they want to be met. And then you've got a customer that, that won't even go out online. Maybe they'll do some research, but they want to start the process and finish the process at the dealership. But the vast majority of customers are going to going to do some somewhere in between. And I think there's a huge opportunity for dealers to to create a more efficient and and, you know, timely. I mean, they they can get much more efficient if, uh, you know, the analogy I use is if you just pick pick a number. But if there are five steps to the sales process, if the customer wants to do one, two and three online, and the dealer's ready to greet them at the door at, with step number four, you're going to shorten the time. The customer's going to be happy. The dealer's going to be more productive. You know, we're seeing sales salesman productivity now go up. It had hovered around yeah. 10 ever. And now yeah. we're seeing, I met a guy last week, Brian, that sold 108 cars in a month. That's this guy, crazy. 80 cars a month. So That's it can be done and dealers will, will, they'll get there. But I think the key is, again, Meet the customer where they want to be met. Make sure that the dealers are are kind of full, fully capable of of all the services that that are offered out there. And and don't rest on your laurels right now. I mean, yeah, 2021 is a great year, but there's never never a time to to be complacent. Always always need to innovate and and get better. So speaking of 2021. You know, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, just the enormous amount of buy sell activity and the Kerrigan report reported about 320 buy sells in the first half of 2021, which was a huge, huge uptick. Um, Do you see this consolidation and a lot of this M&A type activity in the car business continuing on through the upcoming year? Uh, I I do. And I know Aaron does. And and so does does uh, Alan Haig. I mean, I I read there all the time. You look at the numbers. I think there was a rush to try and get some stuff done, certainly before the end of the year, because we don't know what's going to happen uh, with taxes going forward. But yeah, I do see this this trend continuing. Again, and we we just talked about it that a lot of a lot of smart people with a lot of money investing in this in this franchise system. So as you know, here at NADA, we just need to make sure, and we have great relationships with with the public dealer groups and, and with some of the larger stores. We just need to make sure that that we're listening and that we're evolving to meet their needs as well. Yeah. So, so Mike, 
you know, you they're being based in, in just outside of Washington, D.C., and, and I know that one of the key functions that NADA provides is for lobbying and making sure that the voices of franchise dealers are heard on Capitol Hill. And I'm just curious, as we look out to the year ahead, what are some of the big themes um, that your organization will be taking to, to the lawmakers in Washington? What are some of those key topics that uh, will be a conversation in the upcoming year? Yeah, I'll hit on those in just a second. But one of the things that I, I want to make very clear is that, you know, our, our lawmakers and regulatory agencies, they have a lot on their plate. And we can never assume that they understand our business and, and what dealers do and the value that they add, uh, just the jobs that are generated, the tax revenue that's generated. Yeah. So we have a constant need. Uh, and, and these folks turn over, too. But there's a constant need to educate these lawmakers and regulatory agencies on our business model and, and how it all works. Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, they were talking about another cash for clunkers not too long ago uh, in this tight inventory uh, environment to help you know, push forward the adoption of EVs. Well, that makes no sense. So it's a constant uh, you know, reinforcing of, of what we do and how we do it and why it's important. And, and, and the value that the dealers bring and that the overall industry brings to, to our, our great country. So that is ongoing. Uh, in terms of what's front and center right now, I don't want to get too technical, but, but LIFO is, is a big concern for dealers. We estimate through our 20 groups that a little over 50% of dealers have elected to account for their inventory on a last in first out basis. And this shortage is due to no fault of of the dealers. Right. You know, right. this, this is, as you said, 12 days supply, but this is due to a major foreign trade interruption because of the pandemic. We can't get right. the chip, can't make the cars, we can't get them on the lot. So we have, uh, you know, we're, we're optimistic about relief for dealers. We've been working it very, very hard. We've got a lot of signatures, over 90 signatures on a house letter, over 20 on a, uh, on a letter from the Senate, all uh, designed to influence Treasury to do the right thing, and we've had we've met with Treasury, and and we look forward to continued engagement and hopefully some some good news for dealers here in the coming weeks. So that would be number one. Uh, we've also been been hard at work on these electric vehicle incentives. We need to make sure they work in the showroom, and I won't bore you with the details, but some of the things that as they are currently written in the Build Back uh, Better bill just would be administrative nightmares for dealers. So we're working on that. And we also want to make sure that these incentives are available to the, you know, the broadest uh, vehicles, broadest range of vehicles and, and as many consumers as possible, because you put, start putting limits on, on certain manufacturers or pick one versus another a winner and a loser. And then you right. start to, uh, uh, you know, you, you start to narrow the, the customers that would actually be, be uh, eligible for these incentives, you're just shooting yourself in the foot in terms of how we're going to get to the numbers that have been put out there. So that's something that we're very engaged in. Then, of course, the you know the taxes, the the overall how, how are we going to pay for all of this? Uh, we want to make sure that the taxes aren't uh, aren't too onerous on the dealers because that's going to affect their ability, you know, to compete and their ability to, to provide jobs. So it's really LIFO right now, EV incentives. It's, it's the potential for some tax in, increases 
those are front and center. But as I mentioned, it's it's an ongoing challenge and, and one that thankfully we've got a, a veteran team that does an excellent job of, uh, of, of, of engaging with with our, our lawmakers. Mike, those are three fantastic examples. And just as I'm listening to you say these things, I'm like, gosh, I, I think uh, car dealers that hopefully are listening to this podcast are feeling the same way I am, that I'm glad we've got people like you and your team working on that on behalf of car dealers, because those are three really important topics. So, Mike, my last question of, of our conversation here is I always think of NADA, Las Vegas, kind of the Super Bowl of the automotive industry. And I know last year we had our virtual NADA and and this year hopefully uh, if all things go well we'll be able to be in person and I just was wondering you know what, what do we have to look forward to it with the upcoming NADA event this year well you know as you know so call it the Super Bowl the the industry event of the year I mean we all love that week that is NADA sometimes it feels like it's a month because uh, <laughs> we get so much done in one week it's both uh, exciting but it's exhausting but it's a chance for the industry to come together to, to discuss the future and, and learn from the best in the business. And we're an industry that thrives on relationships. And there's so much pent up demand to get back to in person with a face to face interaction. You know, it's just uh, Zoom's great for transactional type of of uh, of conversation, but it, it's certainly no replacement for you know for the in-person so the numbers look good the exhibit floor is sold out our registrations are strong obviously we're watching this pandemic i mean we're not going to put anybody in harm's way it's safety sure. for for dealers for our employees for all the participants at the convention but we're planning to go big 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 we've got a, a welcome kickoff at the allegiant stadium thank you all you just uh, cox automotive just signed up to be one of our big sponsors we appreciate that you know, we've got train, uh, the band coming in. It's just going to be a blast. We're going to kick it off that way. And then I just think it's uh, it, 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 the pent up demand, uh, the focus on EVs. There's so much to that we can learn from each other. And an NADA show is a place to do it. So I, I just can't wait. Mike, I, I, I share your excitement. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. And, and, and as, you know, as you said, the relationship business and so much of the fun of this is just who you randomly bump into walking the hallways. And I certainly hope I run into you while we're there. But Mike, uh, I, I just want to say on behalf of Cox Automotive and V Auto, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us. Just a really interesting uh, conversation. Well, thank you, Brian. Same to you. Please say hi to Dale. And the team at V Auto, and you know, I'm in constant contact with the folks at Cox as well. It's it's been a great relationship between our organization. I appreciate the opportunity to to talk with you all for 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 this time, and let's hope for a great 2022 for the industry. Sounds great, Mike. Take care.